Hi everybody, you're back with Better Me, Better Us and it's episode three. So today we're going to be talking about social media. Hayley, what is your experience of social media now or growing up? <laughs> social media, <clears throat> excuse me, didn't exist when I was a child, uh, Vicky. So when I was younger, there was no such thing as social media. There wasn't even any mobile phones until I was a very late teenager. Um, and I actually feel quite privileged having no social media when I was young because I now live at home with two teenage girls. Social media is the bane of my life and their life at times. When things are difficult for them, they can't escape those difficulties because they follow them home. Uh, in the 70s, you came home, everything was finished. If you really wanted to make an issue, like I said to you before, you picked the phone up, rang somebody and said, I'm not friends with you and put the phone down. <laughs> and that was as sophisticated as we got. What about you? Because obviously you're significantly younger than me. Not that much younger, but younger, <laughs> younger nonetheless. Um, so when I was growing up, we had MySpace, um, which Ooh. when I was thinking back the other day, it just was like a page. I don't know if it was a bit similar to Facebook. I haven't really got a great memory of it. Um, and MSN, so you'd come home from school, which I suppose is a bit like WhatsApp, but you had to be on your main computer okay. and you could chat interactively, but you couldn't be on the house phone at the same time. So you had to obviously disconnect to get onto the internet. Um, but yes, I think even things like that, not really understanding what social media is going to mean long term in terms of what you post, because I know, well, I didn't know until a young person told me that they'd searched for me online and oh. actually my MySpace profile came up. Well, that is oh. a picture of me from 15, 16. Not the best, a bit cringe like people do at that age. <laughs> um, but that picture is now online forever. I have no control over that image because no idea if I could even log back on or what my password would be. So absolutely, whatever you put online is there forever. You no longer have control over it. And I think people forget that sometimes. Um, I mean, again, we are professionals. Sometimes I've seen a professional uh, pop something on social media and you think, oh, really? Mm -hmm. You're a professional and you're bound by a code of ethics. And that is up there now. And we've mm -hmm. all seen it. Uh, whether you remove that now or not, it is on there. Um, and I think you're right because um, we see lots of people. So I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm a minimal poster. I don't post loads. I'm better with our, or I'm saying I'm better. I'm trying to get better with that <laughs> to make better us stuff. But I'm not a big social media person, and that's probably a bit of a generational and age thing. However, I'm saying that I know lots of people who post in abundance and it's all sorts of things it's things about their personal life that I think if we were stood in a bar would you tell everybody that because that's what you've just done absolutely people post so much about their personal lives and I was smiling to myself then because only yesterday someone said to me <laughs> Vicky I've realized that I don't know a lot about you because you don't share a lot online and I just smiled I thought there's something quite safe about that isn't it because even with your, your nearest and dearest if you want to share something you could pick up the phone have a conversation with them or meet them where some people post every single detail of their life. And for me, and we're going off on a tangent already, as we always do, but for me, it makes me think about their, their attachment and relationships, because actually what is going on for you that you feel the need to post some of the biggest moments, whether that be positive or, or difficult yeah. moments online, what are you hoping is going to happen in terms of people respond? It draws people in. Are you hoping for that connection from people that you perhaps don't have where you could pick up the phone to them? Like what is going on for you there? 
But yeah. equally, some people or a lot of people don't post their worst moments. So then we're all thinking, oh, my God, they've got the perfect life on social media. Mine is awful. And it can really impact people's mental health, can't it? Absolutely. And it's this, uh, um, you know, not not one of my favorite platforms, but I know definitely a platform that's for younger people. Insta, you know, you talk about Insta and, and even again, going off on a tangent. Sorry, everybody. I hope you're keeping up with us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching something random on the telly last night uh, with my eldest and uh, it was around um, the life in Dubai. Mm-hmm. And even there, what's that really famous hotel? You know, the one that I mean that everybody yeah. goes to to take photos of. And even there, what they were saying is to keep their high-end clients coming back, they make sure that even when they walk in their room, there is a surprise there that is Insta-ready. So that was some of the words that they used in Mm. terms of marketing and the need for everything to be, you know, seen on on this platform and to people, like you say, oh, my God, their life is so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um. And I wonder if there's some masking in there, you know, if we're talking about psychological yeah. reasons. I wonder if there is some masking in there. What is the need for you to get validation through mm-hmm. a social media post? And I also know of people that overanalyze their likes. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I think that's why I think it's Instagram as actually there is no longer a number next to the amount of okay. likes. I think it just says and others or something like that for that reason, because it can become and I was going to generalize there and say, especially for young people, but I think adults are absolutely included in that, that people become really fixated, don't they, on how many likes that post has got. Yeah. And, and then it's how people respond. You feel awful sometimes if you don't like something, because you know that the impact that that is going to have on the person, but then that's putting a pressure on other people and disingenuous as well. Um, And I often feel a little bit, awkward if people put lots on about their children mm-hmm. um because number one obviously I've got to like it it's your child <laughs> if I don't like it then there's potentially somebody's going to read into that and there's a whole mm-hmm. host of stuff going on for them but also have you asked your child permission to to post those and I know that's something that you're really passionate about because actually it's consent and linking it to what you said earlier it's all consent for something that's going to be there forever Absolutely. And I think so many adults, parents post pictures of their children. And I think if you've got a closed profile, a private profile, and you have really sort of managed well who who you're following or who you're friends with, then there can be something safe in that. However, again, you're still trusting that the people that you're friends with aren't going to take a screenshot of that and share it wider. Um, But I know there's lots of people with open profiles that, that readily share stuff and you think oh my goodness who is that going to who's whose eyes is that going to come in front of but absolutely and I think there's a big wave sadly I think of people posting their children's children's moments of dysregulation look at my child having a and I'm quoting meltdown in the supermarket and actually I know I wouldn't have won some of my worst moments online or or other people judging and I know people post them with a bit of heat or I'm hoping with a bit of humor but again that's I would have hated that if, if pictures of me like that were posted on social media or online. We were talking about this again. Um, I found my parents' old photos <clears throat> and they're bad enough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then I, I found um, an old, and there'll be people listening today. Yes, I'm going to say a VHS. Oh. Tape. Yeah, really old. <laughs> this is pre-CDs and DVDs. 
But yeah, found an old recording from when mum and dad had a really old-fashioned camcorder that probably weighed half a half a you know ton, same <laughs> like a baby elephant. And dad used to have to take it on holiday. But there was one in there from when we went to Spain, and I'm 17. <laughs> Vicky, it is the very typical. I was a late bloomer, everybody, before you judge. <laughs> it's a very typical. Can you remember Kevin and Perry? Yeah. Oh, teenage. I was like, oh my God, get the camera off me. I hate you. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. Really, I've been embarrassed of it now when I'm almost 50. <laughs> but that, the, the shame or, or the horror that that brings me, the embarrassment when mum used to get that out in front of anybody that was a private in our home so these are people that loved and cared for me and were laughing Mm -hmm. at me not with me Uh, Mm -hmm. sorry no with me not at me (laughs) um but that like you said it goes to such a wide audience in social media who's going to be looking at that and what judgments are they making about me absolutely and there's something about isn't there and again because I often do do posts about sort of taking pictures and videos of your children because I think there's also a wave of of professionals professional parenting pages or yeah professionals I wouldn't want to generalize which but there's lots of professionals that are posting using their own children as in TikTok videos or videos as way of learning look at my child look how I'm attuned to them look how I'm helping them co-regulate and again there's something yes there are moments of learning and teaching there but it for me I feel really uncomfortable that you are using your child as a tool in that situation and I know people really connect to that don't they in terms of the human um yes but it's a real person and their real child but for me there is I feel a level of discomfort about the fact they're using their own child to sell their business to sell their work and things like that and I know only last week I text you or voice note you and said oh my goodness have you seen some of the conversations on uh twitter this week which was around um which scared me to death, which was around teachers recording in lessons for TikTok videos. And there was massive debates because someone, a teacher had done a post and said he was absolutely disgusted that there was a wave of newly qualified using it as sort of a teaching tool. And he said, "Um, I'm really concerned about the safeguarding element attached to this. And so many people responded questioning how it was safeguarding if the child's face wasn't in the picture. Okay. Interesting. What Very are your thoughts, Hayley, on that? Oh uh, well, I think for me, as you were speaking there, I was thought I was your ethics were obviously coming to the fore because I think it's not just those. You know, I think about long-standing TV programs where they've um, followed children from the from birth up till twenty-five. You know, different sort yeah. of um, you know income families, different setups. I feel uncomfortable with those because they're live experiments. These are people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't feel right to have a window into somebody's life. And I know, yes, even they're consenting, but I do think there's a bit of a, you know, we've had this whole drama. If you think back a couple of years, Jeremy Kyle, Big Brother, all of these these sort of voyeurism, isn't it? Because social media is voyeurism. Um, and the impact that it's had on a lot of people's mental health. How it's and, I think, and I think there's something about, isn't there, in terms of, So often now we're trying to speak to our children and young people about online safety and about not using technology all of the time. And I'm just thinking, what are we modeling to our children if we as adults are capturing every moment to post on social media or to post somewhere? If even in the classroom they're getting recorded, like we're not modeling that, like in terms of the boundaries and restrictions around technology, in terms of how much learning is actually happening. I know 
I was an extremely anxious child. And actually, if I if my teacher had been walking around with the phone recording stuff, that would have really increased my anxiety massively because I'd have been like, oh, my goodness, I definitely can't make a mistake or get something wrong or put my hand up or whatever. Like, how much is that impacting children and their learning? And also, it's, it's the impact on everybody. I mean, lots of people listening will know that my other role as well is, is working with professionals where there's allegations made against them. And it's professionals that work with children. From my perspective in that role, if you're a teacher, you're leaving yourself wide open mm-hmm. if you are using social media. And it's not just teachers, sorry to, to pick on you there, because it's not. It's lots of people. Um, but if you're working with children and you choose to engage with them in social media, you are leaving yourself wide open. So you've got to be a master of um, confidentiality, of safeguarding within that environment. Um, yeah, and I, the 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 virtual world is causing a lot more issues in terms of my professional role. So I am seeing more issues caused by either it being used within the workplace with children and young people or used as a way of communication outside school. So I know you know, our kids grew up in COVID. Teams, they, they could tell me how to use Teams because yeah. they moved on to it quicker than I did. Mm-hmm. Now, Teams has also caused some issues because there will be people that will message people inappropriately. Yeah. So again, it's a it's a virtual world. For some reason, people feel they're safe in the virtual world, whereas they wouldn't act in that way in inverted commas real life. Like like it's a different world. And I can remember somebody saying to me once, and I have said, I'm not sure if it was you, but it's stuck in my head, um, that allowing your child to go onto their social media alone up in their room is the same as dropping them off at a nightclub and saying, good luck in there. (laughs) Now, again, I know an issue that we've both talked about is parents that put a couple of years on their children's age so they get them signed up to Insta or whatever else, Facebook, I don't know what else it is, so they can communicate with their friends. Well, number one, you've just taught your child that it's okay to lie to get to what you want. So when you find them going into a supermarket and buying alcohol at 14, you can't really challenge that because we've already said at 10 that we can pretend we're 13. So you've already put three years on top of them. So you've got to question your your thinking there. But also, you wouldn't let your 10-year-old into a nightclub. You wouldn't just allow them, drop them off and say, good luck in there with all those grown-ups. But we and I think there's bedrooms. Exactly. And I think there's something about, isn't it? Oh my goodness, we're the first to say we're not great with technology oh, <laughs> at all. But we're open to learning and want to learn because that's how we're going to keep each other and young yeah. people safe, isn't it? So I think there's something about I often have conversations with parents and they're like, oh, it's above my head. Like I don't understand it. Well, yeah. make it your business to understand. You need to go away, do your research, find out there's so many different apps that restrict things or that you can cut yes. off technology time at certain times of night so they're not on it all through the night when you've no idea who they're talking to. Ask your young person, oh, help me understand what does that app do? How does it work? Yes. Show an interest, but learn. There's something about you cannot effectively, in my opinion, parent your tra- child if you're unaware of what's going on and that like you can't use that reason like make it your business to find out and my kids have hated me for years that's that's nothing new but that's because (laughs) I make them leave their phones outside their bedroom doors when they go to bed because I know what's going to happen and isn't that interesting that your girls are older and I am working with families now where their children are 11 12 that have their phones all the time 
No, 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 no. Because as I've said to my kids, and I, I actually think this links to my generational thing. So I grew up without social media. So it's quite easy for me to imagine a world where there is none. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've lived in it. Um, and I can remember having a conversation with my youngest um, when she was desperate to get on a phone because her big sister was. And I was saying to her, once we can manage the real world, mm-hmm. then perhaps we enter into a fake world. But at the moment, we need to get to grips with what's going on around here. You know, in terms of schools, your social life, mm-hmm. relationships, people. Once we get this licked, then maybe we can go into the social media world. But you can't manage this at the minute. So why would I add more complication into that life for you? And it's interesting, isn't it? Because I was just thinking then of um, perhaps neurodiverse people perf- mm, not prefer yeah. find it easier to communicate when there isn't those all those other things to take into account in terms of what someone's facial expression doing, etc., yes. and the body language. But going back to a point you made earlier, social media or a computer or a screen or a device puts a barrier between you and that person. And people feel more confident or able to say stuff that you absolutely would not dream of saying to someone's face at all. It's like, oh, what, what's gone on there? Because you wouldn't have said that to my face, but you feel confident enough to put that in a message. <laughs> yeah, it's really the, the repercussions diluted, isn't it? Almost. Or you're not you're not seeing firsthand that person's response because even if you send an angry response back, it still takes a little bit of time. It's not instant, is it? No. And in social media, I guess we're, we're talking about it, A, in terms of children's experiences. Yeah. So whether you're a parent, carer, whether you're a school teacher and you're working with a child, how social media um, sort of you know fits into that that lifestyle. We've talked about grown-ups using social media as well. I'm just conscious of... of um, you know, the wonderful platform that we we are on as well, adoption and fostering. And again, both you and I have spent a lot of time working with people um, that are involved in adoption and fostering in all sorts of different mm-hmm. ways. Social media has caused some problems in that area, hasn't it? So um, course, telling their stories and... Yeah, it's caused so many problems. And I think, and again... I might be naive or, and I haven't like necessarily actively kept up, kept up with research, but I think we've been very reactive rather than proactive in that arena because actually me saying my space was around when I was 16. Mm. So like 16, 17 years ago, there's something really interesting there, isn't there? I'm not that old. <laughs> I've just worked out what that would make me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vicky, thanks very much for letting everybody know. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about isn't there though how um yeah we we should have seen it coming technology has and social media has been growing and evolving but I feel like services that support care experienced young people have been very slow in responding to that and even over recent years instead of sort of talking to young people about absolutely tracking down birth family on social media yeah. I feel like we've almost been like well let's wait to see if they do yeah let's let's wait until that happens and then we will respond to that when it does yeah rather than let's talk about how that can be managed because we know that young people can go and access or are given their their birth family history um at certain ages so when we're giving them that information we need to support them to manage that because absolutely they can go online and suddenly find birth parents siblings aunties uncles they can have access to so many people so yeah we need to support them to manage that and again there's something 
and I know this is probably going off on a tangent or including something else, but I think there's some, in my experience, some adoptive parents or some professionals that if we don't give children their birth parents' surnames, thinking that that can manage that risk, yeah. does it really long-term? It just makes young people more, well, it'd make me more curious in terms of what are you hiding? Yeah, and possibly cross with you because you're not being mm-hmm. honest with me and I know you're not. Um and Facebook, this is uh, the amount of times we've both said it actually to people. Well, Facebook is a wonderful world. You know, it's very powerful. You know, like you said, well, we don't want to tell them this or we don't want to tell them that. They will find out. Mm-hmm. And there is something about being that person that they find that out from. Absolutely. Um, and being that anchor, that stability, that security, that person that, okay, it might be hard, but I know I get what I need from that person, the truth. Um. And it fits into so many things, doesn't it? And we know it comes from love and trying to protect kids from maybe really difficult stuff that have happened to them. But it's an innate need within all of us to find out who we are and where we come from. And social media helps me find that out. I'm probably going to use that. Absolutely. And when used safely and appropriately, there's something that can be quite positive, I think, in terms of that relationship that it allows people to build, because some people might be living in a different area to where their birth family lives. So it actually provides an interaction and that relationship without them being on the doorstep and having day to day involvement in their life. Mm -hmm. There, There can be something if, as I say, safe. Um, But again, it comes back to, doesn't it, where inappropriate things are shared on social media and that's made me think back to sort of in social work how sometimes we know that families post things that get them into trouble because actually well the only reason I know about this the safeguarding issue is because you've posted about it on social media this perpetrator that you weren't supposed to have contact with you've put a picture up of you with that person so there's something it was great about to see you this weekend with the kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was no unsupervised time, but we now know that it's happened. Mm-hmm. Dangerous world. I'm not. It, it's a wonderful world as well. Sorry. As soon as I said that, I just thought that's that's bad because I'm being really negative, ninny on social media, and it, it's a great. I mean, we're mm-hmm. using it today to spread the spread the word. So it's a fantastic thing, and I love to do shopping <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> Um, and I have family that lives all over the world. So social media is actually a really cheap way mm-hmm. for me to communicate. Whereas in the past, mm-hmm. it was phone calls and that was really expensive. Um, but I think for me, it's almost that you're not stepping out of real life when you're on the computer. It, it's about maintaining your, if you're a professional, your professionalism, your conduct, the way that you keep yourself, yourself and others safe. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop when you get behind that keyboard. Um, and I think there's something in there about helping our young people to understand that. And there's something about us. We would not take photos of our kids and go and put them on um, street lamps unless they were missing. Mm-hmm. Doing America on the milk cartons or whatever. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do that. But a lot of us put photos on of our kids and let everybody see them on social media. I did it once after a holiday um, and I regretted it as soon as I did it. I think I thought I spoke to you about yeah. it because I, I was on holiday. I was like, oh, my God, my girls look so amazing. Look at them. They're so happy. I took photos of them in you know, bikinis, doing cartwheels on the beach. You know, really innocent. But then mm-hmm. as soon as I saw it on my social media, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. But there's something about learning from it, isn't there? And I guess what we would hope from this conversation today when people listen to it is they just take time to reflect in terms of 
what are my boundaries in terms of what I'm happy to post or not post? Do I really understand where those images are going to go and trust the people that I'm sharing them with? How would my child feel in the future when they know that I've posted all of this about them? Mm. And it's just, as I say, isn't it, taking the time to pause, reflect and change or tweak what you're doing if appropriate and needed. We're constantly learning. And some of the things that we've spoken about today, people might be like, I didn't know that. Or actually, I don't really know how it all works and what my child is up to. Go away and find out. Yeah. As, whether it's asking your young person or going online and Googling yeah. it yourself <laughs> or speaking to someone that is in the know. But it it's going out and actively finding out that information rather than just putting your head in the sand. Absolutely. The same way as if they say, mum, can I have a sleepover at such and such's house? Yes, you can. But I need to know such and such's address. I would like the phone number of their parents and I'll come and drop you off so I can have a quick conversation with them. Mm-hmm. We have safety parameters. Um, and I agree with you. It's it's no different when you enter the virtual world. So just keep you and everybody else safe as safe as you can. Absolutely. And enjoy it for what it does bring. Definitely. And after sort of this goes out please people respond and give us your opinion your experience because we're learning as well so it's always good to hear what is happening out there and perhaps different experiences at schools or colleges or universities in terms of what they're advocating and what they're promoting like it will be would be really interesting to know and we may come across as very old fuddy-duddies, particularly me, talking about social media. So you may have a few <laughs> lessons that you would like to teach us. Please feel free to, to let us know what we can do to improve our knowledge on social media. Because like Vicky says, every day is a school day. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for listening. Give us a follow on the different social media platforms. It's <laughs> hilarious that we're mentioning that. But absolutely, please join the conversation and... Yes, we shall connect with you next month. Yeah, and enjoy the beginning of the summer holidays, everybody. Hope you keep yourself safe and sane. Take care. Bye.